You're listening to your Dental Top 5 podcast with Amanda Hill, informing you on the top trends in dentistry every Thursday. Brought to you by the creators of A Tale of Two Hygienists podcast. And now, here's your host, Amanda Hill. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Your Dental Top 5, where we take trending topics in dentistry and break them down into five usable highlights that you can take back to your op, your life, or just look smarter at your next dinner party. I'm your host, Amanda Hill. So today's episode is kind of a unique one because it comes from a listener. So Melanie Rindelsbacher, I hope I said your name right, Melanie. Melanie sent me this awesome email. Melanie, I love you, by the way. And Melanie said, thank you so much for your podcast. It's reviving my enthusiasm for dental hygiene. I found some much needed information and a review of old stuff I just plain forgot within your podcast. I love it. And so Melanie sent me uh, four, actually five suggestions. Oh, she sent a top five of five suggestions that she wanted uh, us to do podcasts about. So this is the first one. So this one's for you, Melanie. So we are going to do the top five ways to be an educator. And when I heard the topic, well, I knew exactly who I had to reach out to. I mean, I had to reach out to my buddies at Hygiene Edge. So thank you, Shelly Brown and Jessica Atkinson, for coming on today. It's good to be here. Thank you for having us. We love talking all about educators. <laughs> we do. It is. You guys are the It's pros. our passion. Yes. Hygiene Edge educators here. Hey. Hygiene educators. So first, give a tiny quick background for people that maybe don't know you. But if, come on, if you don't know them, come on, let's do some Googling, people. But uh, Shelly, will you introduce yourself first? Right. Okay, so Shelly Brown here. I've been an educator since 2009. I was a clinical educator first, and then I became a didactic, didactic educator in about 2012. So I've been doing a little bit of both, a little bit of clinical aspect as well having my hand in a little bit of everything, which I love to do. And I got into education through networking, so which we'll talk a little bit about here in just a bit. Awesome. My name is Jessica Atkinson, and Shelly was one of my educators. And I started off as well as a clinical educator in 2012 at my alma mater. So I started in the same vein as Shelly and then moved into didactic. And now I work full-time as full-time faculty at Dixie State University in Southern Utah. Awesome. Oh, I'm so excited to have you guys come out and talk about this super cool topic because I bet there's a lot of hygienists out there that are thinking, hmm, maybe I want to be an educator. But they think, then they're like, wait, how do you become one? And we need you. There you go. You're important. We do. Yeah. <laughs> well, my my master's capstone was all about the need for dental hygiene educators. Our faculty at large is an aging faculty, and we need people to be ready to step into those roles. Well, here we go. Now we're going to have the top five ways to do it. So lead the way. What's number one? Perfect. Yeah, let me start. Our first one is going to be networking. So like I had mentioned, when I wanted to become an educator, when I was interested, I reached out to where I went to school because that location wise, that's what I was closest to. And I said, Hey, if you ever need anybody to teach or be in the clinic, I would love to start. I would love to do something like that. So if you ever, anything ever come up, keep me in mind. That's the terminology I like to use. Keep me in mind. And they did. And they do. And they called me up and said, hey, why don't you come and be an educator in the clinic sec, uh, clinic for us? 
And so networking with educators is a really great way to do that. I have to say that that's I, exactly how I did. I think networking is is truthfully the key to just about anything you want to do. I, I my entire speaking career started because I reached out to Pro Edge Dental Water Labs and told them that I was a little obsessed with uh, water lines uh, and started that networking. And then they brought me on. Uh, they sponsored my speaking. Uh, so I get to talk about dental unit water lines and the, why that's important. So I guess educating sort of in a different way. But really, networking is really that key to being able to open those doors that you want opened. You just got to put yourself out there. Absolutely. And I love what you said you called them and said, I am obsessed with this and I want to do this. And as a student, I did not make it a secret that I wanted to educate in the future. And I made it known that education was something I was passionate about and education was something that I was interested in. I had excellent educators and they inspired me and I saw them do what they were doing. And I thought to myself, that's something that I would be interested in doing. And so when I graduated, I did something similar to Shelly and I made it known that I would like to be an educator and I let the people who are in positions to make something happen know that this is something that I was interested in doing. And I started off as a sub. So with clinical education, it's really difficult to take a day off. You have to find somebody who has the flexibility or the availability to come in and also the know-how of how a school works. And so it was nice that I went into the school that I was taught at because I was familiar with policies and procedures, etc. So definitely make it known and start off small. And I started subbing randomly and that led into a part-time gig which then led into a full-time gig i love that because yeah you're not going to get what you want if you don't put it out there in the universe because nobody's going to randomly call you and be like hey sally you want to be an educator <laughs> we got to get out there right, and say exactly it. i love it all right well what's number you two have to get out there well while i was out there and educating in the clinical sphere i thought well i would love to do classroom work and i realized then I can't do classroom work without an advanced education. Oh, more So school. traditionally, <laughs> yeah. Well, good thing I like it. Good. So that worked out for me. <laughs> and you need to traditionally have a degree higher than the degree that you're teaching. And so I was in a bachelor degree program. And in order to teach in the didactic realm, I needed to have a master's degree. So I went on and I got my master's in instructional design, which is all about methodology. And I like to do things with people. And so I asked a whole bunch of my friends <laughs> to take a master's degree course with me. And one of those friends was Shelly Brown. Yeah, I was so grateful that I got my master's degree. I feel like it, it gives you a level up as an educator. You just need that piece of paper. And it almost doesn't even always have to be in education. So keep that in mind that it could be in something that um, that maybe maybe business or something. And you do want to be an educator, but you want to keep some doors open too. So that's one great thing. It doesn't actually have to be in education. Um, you also, you know, if you want your bachelor's degree, there's also bachelor's degree completion programs as well out there as also so that you can um, up your degree level there too. Awesome. So. And quick this is a this is a um, funny question but didactic versus clinical so didactic what does that word mean didactic 
that generally means the classroom education. See, to me, it sounds like a hands-on word. So it's such a funny word, didactic. It is an interesting word. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I don't even, in the circles that I run in, that's a a common word used. Maybe people use classroom versus clinical. That also could definitely get the point across. (laughs) But in order to teach in the classroom, you'll generally need a higher degree. And CODA is changing their accreditation requirements that in the future you will have to have a bachelor's degree to teach in a CODA accredited program in the clinic. So really, if you'd like to get into education and you're in a situation where you got an associate degree, get that bachelor's completion as a start. So there are two paths. There is that clinical path. You could become a clinical educator, which you usually do first. And then there's the didactic path. So which is teaching more in the classroom. So they do work a little bit differently. Generally, you start in the clinic and then you advance to teaching didactically once they see how you interact with the students is usually how that works first. So I think the goal would be clinical first and then networking to put your, you know, um, information in or to be able to be a didactic teacher. So that leads us to our third which is join your association, your local association. That kind of goes a little bit with networking, but when you join the association and you get together, you are meeting with a lot of educators across the state. And most states don't just have one dental hygiene program, they have many. So getting in with and networking with all of those who are in your association is very important. What do you think, Jess? That is huge. I actually was doing a delegate visit. I was a delegate for the state of Utah for ADHA. And I traveled to the different hygiene schools and talked about what a delegate does and the importance of advocacy. And I did a presentation and the program director of a school in Utah saw me give that presentation and offered me a job. (laughs) And so it definitely was huge for me in the networking space. And also our association really gives you a view of what dental hygiene can be and the different aspects of dental hygiene and is really inspiring for an educator. So that's been my experience. So joining the association will connect you to the people who are in education and will also give you the connections to the content that excites you as an educator. The association isn't the only place to get excited about education. And that brings us to number four. And number four is go to an educator's conference or take continuing education that has teaching methodology. And we have lots of avenues for this. And this gives you an idea of what it really is what what really necessitates being an educator, what you, you need to know and how to apply those things. Because you might know about anatomy and embryology, but you don't know how to apply it. Or you might know about teaching methodology, but you don't really remember how to apply anatomy and embryology. So educators' conferences are really helpful. Agreed. On on that note, I would say, too, that you could also join an educator's Facebook page. That's another way to network. But there's one called Gel Ed. It's run by Emily 
Bogey. She's Emily Bogey. Great she's friend the of greatest. ours. Um, that they do author methodology and methodology is just, um, you know, it's like a CE almost. Like we take CEs on Perio, but methodology is kind of like a CE on how to become a better educator. And you always take away a few great things that you're like, man, I could apply that as I could apply that to teaching my students in the clinic. I could apply that to teaching my students in the classroom. And they have a, a lot of really great options to do that, those methodology courses. And newsflash, being an educator is not just classroom or clinical education. There are a lot of other responsibilities as an educator that have to do with accreditation, that have to do with your in an office, you're working with a team. At school, you're working with a team and how to work interprofessionally. And there are lots of things beyond the education piece that are necessary to get some Absolutely. guidance on. And those are really I would think great one big thing within education that's really important to stay up on would be new technologies. Because, you know, you're bringing those Absolutely. back to the students and what are you going to teach? And, um, you know, do, are you bringing in guided biofilm therapy? Are you bringing in lasers? Are you bringing... Are you bringing in those awesome ergo prism loops from Lumident? Like, are you going to like show those to your students and be like, look at this great way to have the best ergonomics ever with these loops, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yep. On those, on that note, as an educator, they have a little, on those ergo prism loops, they have a twist button, a little twist on the loop and you can see like standing up. So as an educator, you stand in the clinic a lot yeah, and you're looking over students, but I still wanna see what they're doing and I wanna keep my good ergonomics. So if you twist that, you can see standing up a little bit more. No way. I oh. know, isn't that amazing? Well, they're I'm so gonna try amazing. that when I'm at work. <laughs> That's super cool. <laughs> awesome, well, what's number five? So number five is beef up your resume. So if you've been working clinically, and you want to transition to working, you know, usually first in the clinic, you want to, um, yeah, look at ways to beef up that resume. There are people who write resumes for you. Like my buddy, Doug Perry. Doug Perry. Get he writes resumes. We love, we love Doug. We love him. Um, or you can just find ways to apply what you've been doing at your office to an educator setting. So did you do any training? Were you a mentor to another hygienist who came on? Did you help run staff meetings? Like what were some of your roles that you can apply to being an educator and put those on? Of course, they want to see how many years you've been an educator. They don't necessarily have to see every single place you've worked. You can put like five years. Usually there's a time frame that you have to have been a clinical educator before, or yeah, in clinic before you can become an educator. That's going to vary per place. Um, previous dental assisting experience, if you've had that before, is a great way to put, great thing to put on the resume as well. Um, all the skills, maybe the technology, like you had mentioned, that you talk about, put that on there that you can and help educate the students on those type of things. What, what do you think, Jess? Well, one of the first things we learned as a student, that if you didn't write it down... It didn't happen! You didn't do it. It didn't happen. It didn't do it. And often you're doing things that would really benefit an educational institution. Or you're doing things because you have a passion for our profession. You've got 
to document those things. You've got to document those things and put them on a resume. And you've got to document those things because when you become an educator, you have to show those things in order to be part of an accredited institution. So for me, that was a learning curve. I have been involved in a lot of different aspects of dental hygiene because it's something that brings me a lot of joy and I get really excited. I get curious about things. And then I had to do rank and tenure and I was like, what? I have to prove that I like these things. And just like as a student, you have to prove that you did the thing by writing it down. Your resume is a good start to start proving the things that you're doing that would make you a good educator. Write, Write it, it down. down. As part of that, as an educator, you have to list every CE course that you've ever taken. So Gosh. if you've been in the field for so many years, start a document. Every time I take a CE, I open, I pull my document up. And I write the CE that I'm in so that I have it ready to go for accreditation. Because if you have to do it all in one sitting, it's going to take you a very long time. It took me a very long time the first time. So now I just keep up on it in a Google Doc. Be like Shelly. Not like me. Like, I think I put it in my car. I got it somewhere. I put my methodology courses on there too. So if you're like thinking you want to be an educator, you might take a few of those courses. You could put those on there. Maybe highlight those as as methodology courses that you've already taken so they can see those in the very long list. We had one one person, she had been an educator, but she was applying for our educator position and she already had hers available. So she had listed 20 years worth of every CE that she had ever Whoa. taken. So that it was a very, very, very long document, as you can imagine. Just over because COVID time, alone, like you, mine would be huge. Yeah, right. Because like you said, Amanda, that you know, take them just for the education. Maybe you don't need them. But like, I feel like I'm always like, oh, that CE sounds very interesting. I don't need any, but I really want to take it. So I know at yeah, some point I probably those. need to go to a support group for the amount of CE I take. Um, <laughs> there you go. I'll there be there go. with you. All right. Well, let's review your top five. So the top five ways to be an educator. Number one is network. Number two is get a higher degree. Number three is join your association. Number four is attend a conference or a group like Jell Ed. Uh, and take some methodology courses. Number five is beef up your resume. If you need help with that, call Doug Perry, get hired RDH. Well, thank you guys for coming on today. If people want to reach out to you, uh, they want to know more about Hygiene Edge or they have questions about becoming an educator, how can they do that? They can visit us at hygieneedge.com or they can follow us on Instagram. We also have a private Facebook group and just a business Facebook page that they could follow us too. So, and of course we have tons of videos on YouTube for you to go and watch about all the things hygiene. Um, I had a friend who recently, uh, we saw her at a conference we were speaking at and she said, I haven't been practicing for five years. So I'm going to go look at all your videos to brush up. Um, sometimes we find ourselves in that situation. So that's what we're here for to help you. Because, because education doesn't stop no. in the classroom. We are always learning. All right. Always well learning. Amanda has a best, my favorite quote, Amanda, what's your always learning Exactly. Never knowing. Always a learner, never a knower. I love it. Brene Brown, she taught me that. She's my best friend. <laughs> anyway, everybody, we all know that only four out of five dentists could agree. So if you have something to add to this top five, or you have an idea for a whole nother top five, like Melanie did, email me at amandahillrdh at gmail.com, and I'll be sure to include your dental top five. Make it a great day. Make it a great day.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Your Dental Top 5. Be sure to join us next Thursday to hear more from Amanda. 